Well, thank you, Jeff, for that striking introduction. Um, we'll just jump right in. I want to tell you guys a funny story. Um, so when I was a kid, okay, real quick, who's ever heard of the game Texas Softball? Two people. Sweet. So it's literally just softball, except you use a kickball or a volleyball because everything's bigger in Texas, and that's the way you play. Um, so in third grade, well, elementary school, my mom was the PE teacher at the school that I went to. And in third grade, I remember that we were going to play Texas softball one day, right? And so, guys, if you've never played, it really is so fun. It is like, it's the best. Um, but it's third grade. I wake up. I got like the inside man with my mom. So I know that we're playing Texas softball today. And I am like giddy, right? I am excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for PE class. And then PE class rolls around and we're like going outside. And then we pick teams, and I end up on the team that's in the field first. I'm like, dang it, I don't get to hit right away. So I'm like out there. We get our three outs, right? And then we come in, and we're like running in to get in line. But I'm kind of a small, scrawny little guy, so I get like pushed to the back of the line. So now i got to wait even more. Finally, it's my turn, and I get up, and I like get in my stance. And my mom, she throws the ball, and I swing as hard as I can. And I connect. Not with the ball, but with my head. So I swung the bat all the way around and clocked myself in the back of the head. <laughs> and then about five or six seconds later, I opened my eyes and there was everyone staring at me. So I may or may not have knocked myself out when I was in third grade. I'm not entirely sure. But I got back up and I played with a giant bump on my head and I was a trooper. And it was awesome. And now you're probably wondering, why, why am I telling you this very sad story? Honestly, I just told it because I thought it was funny and I wanted to introduce myself. No, no spiritual truth to that. That's it. Um, so as Jeff said, my name is Sean McEntee. I'm 24 years old. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Heather. Where is she at? There she is. She's awesome. Um, yes, she is very awesome. Uh, I'm a native of the greatest country in the world, Texas. Um, I was born and raised there, lived there, and then two years ago, uh, my wife and I, we picked up everything and we moved here to Morgantown um, because Jesus had done something in our lives and we believe that he wants to do something in your life. So we moved up here because we believe that Jesus wants to change West Virginia University. Uh, and so for the last two years, I've been working full time with Chi Alpha um, and it's, it's the coolest job in the world. Um, and now, as Taylor said, this church service that we're having, it's one time and the point of it is that we want you guys to get connected. We've said it, and we're going to keep reiterating it because that's what we're fighting for. We want you to get plugged in. Um, we understand that when you come, it's hard to find places to get connected. And so we took it upon ourselves. We want to be the bridge to get you where, you, you, you're, where you're going to be able to thrive and where God's going to be able to do something in your life. Um, and so if you're in this room and you want to go to Young Life or Crew or InterVarsity, then we want to get you there. If, you, if you're looking for a Methodist church or a Catholic church, then we want to get you connected. And if you're just looking for a place to belong, if, you, if you're not sure, like Taylor said, then we would love for you to come with us at Chi Alpha. Um, it really is. A, it's a family, and we love it. But the ultimate goal is that you would get connected so that this campus can be reached for Jesus. Right? That's what we want to see. We want to see people come to love Jesus. Now, like I said, I'm 24 years old, which means not too long ago, I was sitting in many of y'all's shoes. Just six years ago. Not, not that long. I'm not that old. But, uh, I went to a college called Sam Houston State University, 
Bear cats, eat them up, cats, eat them up, cats. That's That was our thing. It's very intimidating. I thought devour them might be better, but I don't even know what a bear cat is. Is it like a strength of a bear but the nimbleness of a cat? I don't know. It's actually really ugly. Um, don't look it up. It's gross. But anyways, I went I went to college at Samuelson State in this tiny little town, Podunk, like backwoods, um, East Texas. And um, it was awesome because I... I'll be honest with you guys, I had no plan for my life when I graduated college, right? Like, I applied for Sam Houston because it was the only college that didn't have a written part of their application. I told my parents that I applied to four other colleges, and I didn't because Sam Houston accepted me. <laughs> um, you know, and then I got to college, and I had to declare my major, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I just decided to do what my dad did, um, which I didn't like, but it made money, right? Um get to college. I don't have any friends. I only knew one person from high school and I didn't like him. So I wasn't going to be his friend. Right. And so, and then, I mean, even the day to day life, one, the first day I got to college, my parents left and then I just walked around aimlessly. Like I, I didn't even know what I was going to do for the next hour. I literally had no plan for what I was going to do with my life. But with all of those uncertainties, Jesus got a hold of my life and he changed the trajectory of it forever. I got hooked up with this group called Chi Alpha, which I was convinced was a fraternity because of their name. It wasn't. Nathan thought so, too. It wasn't. These were just people who were crazily in love with Jesus, and I had never seen anything like that in my life. Um, and so through this group, through what God did through, the, through this group and through the people around me, I came to a saving faith in Jesus. Um, and it was through the next four years of my time at Sam Houston that I found lifelong friends. I found my wife. You guys can find your wife or your husband. It's possible, right? And ultimately, I found my purpose, right? I didn't know what my purpose for my life was, and I found it in my time in college. When I came to college, I was asking myself, like, why am I even here, right? And now I can look back, and I can say, okay, I know. I know why I was there. And so what about each of you guys in this room? Why are you here at college? What is the big why of why you came here? What are you looking for at your time here at WVU? Are you here for the education? I mean, this is an educational institution, so it makes sense, right? Like maybe you were top 10% in your class or you were valedictorian and you have come here and you want to prove yourself again. You want to be top of your class, right? You want to graduate summa cum laude. I said it right, I think, um, right? But then there's, there's other views in this room who are like me and you don't even know what the heck you want to do. You're undeclared right now. And you're thinking, well, maybe I'm just here for the experience, right? Like college is, it's, it's an experience. I want to experience college. I want to go, this is WVU, right? I got to go experience it. Everyone says that college is where you experience the best days of your life. So maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here for the experience. Or maybe the reason you're here is an escape, right? Maybe you, you had a terrible family life. You don't like your home situation, or you had a reputation or a name hanging over you that you want to just get away from, right? You, you want to start over. You're trying to find out who you really are, and so you're escaping your old life. Or maybe, maybe you're here for graduation, right? You don't even care about college. It's just a stepping stone to your future happiness, right? This is, you're going to, you're for four years, and then you get to have the good life with a home and a white picket fence, right? Or maybe you came for a guy or a girl. You're looking for a husband or a wife, or you followed someone here. There are a lot of reasons why you could be here, and what I'm asking is why. Why are you here? 
What is the treasure that you are going after here at college? Because in many ways, college is very much like a treasure hunt. There's something valuable out there. And you may not know what it is just yet, but you are searching for it. And my hope for this morning is that by the end, we would know a treasure that is worth going after. Now, we all love the idea of treasure, right? Like this idea of finding something that's valuable, something that's holding, like you can, you can touch or even like, it doesn't have to be physical, but like, like I, I've yet to f- meet a person who like finds $5 on the ground and says, this sucks. Like everyone's excited. They're like, oh, I just found five bucks, right? Or like you, you put an old coat on and there's a $10 bill. Like people are excited when they find treasure, right? Like we love finding treasure. I actually remember a time when I was nine, which ironically was also third grade. Third grade was a great year of my life. Um, but I remember a time when my brother, my best friend, and myself were convinced that we found oil in the neighborhood lake, and it was like six inches deep. We were convinced, though, guys. So we're like at this, it's like a waterfall little thing, and we're like trying to put rocks to dam it up. And uh, we pick up this big rock, and all this black sludge like comes oozing out, right? And we're like, oh, it's oil. It's oil. Like, we found oil. And we're like, we're going to be so rich. Right? And we're like, we're like digging and we're trying to scoop it up. We don't have anything. We're like using leaves. And, and people are coming by and we're like hunched over because we don't want them to see. Right? And, uh, and we're there for like three or four hours. And finally, we're like, let's just go get some buckets. So we go home and our parents see us and they're like, our moms are like freaking out because we got black stuff all over us. Right? And, you know, it's, it's been 15 years since that. And I realize. I have some uh, rudimentary knowledge of what drilling for oil actually looks like now. And I realized that we were just playing in the mud, right? But for those three or four hours on the edge of the lake, we thought we had treasure that surpassed anything our little minds could understand. I look back and I realize it is silly. It was just mud. But for a short time, that treasure captured our hearts. And this is what treasure does. It consumes us. It, it, it consumes our every thought when we find it, right? It excites us. It liberates us from the worries of the world. It brings these deep feelings of joy and satisfaction. We find a new treasure, and it takes center stage of our life, and everything else seems to bow down to it, right? If, if you find $50 in the parking lot, you're going to tell everyone, bro, I found 50 bucks. Like, ladies, you get proposed to, you're not hiding that ring. You're showing it to everyone, right? Guys, if you get a new car, you're cleaning it, you're taking care of it, and you're definitely showing it off to all your friends. Like you are, we, when we get treasure, right, we, we, don't, we don't keep it to ourselves. We, we, it takes over our life. But treasure, it's not just material things. I mean, some of the treasures, some of the things that people treasure here at West Virginia University is good grades, a reputation, popularity, a relationship, a person. These, these things that we treasure don't have to just be physical, material things. There are, these are the treasures that, that I, I've seen in my two years here that people value and that they hold on to. But as you go through life, you start to realize that, that treasures, they just don't last. Right? When you were 10, your Razor flip phone was probably your greatest treasure in the world. Or if you were lucky enough to have an iPhone first gen, that was your treasure. But those things are, those are in the trash heap now. Those aren't treasures anymore. Treasures, they come and they go with the seasons of life. And every time you find a new one, it seems that in time it too will fade. Your popularity here won't matter in four years. 
right? And so we're left asking ourselves, is there any treasure out there that will actually last? Are there any treasures that will stand above their rest? Is there a treasure that I can find at my time here at college that will satisfy me and sustain me for the rest of my life? If you look with me on the screen, we're going to read a story of a young man who was asking these same questions. This is a man who's not much older than you guys in the Bible. And he was asking these questions because he was trying to find a treasure that would last. And so we read in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22, the story of the rich young ruler. And it says, Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The young man inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, I, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, if this is the first time you're hearing the story, this is, this is the story of a young man who has two treasures in his life, the first being his religion and the second being his wealth. Now, we know that the young man treasured his religion because, first of all, he comes and asks Jesus, how can I be there? How can I get to heaven? How can I be with you, right? And then he's, Jesus gives him this list of commands, and the guy's like, well, I've kept them. And what's crazy is that Jesus doesn't actually contest him. Jesus isn't like, well, no, you haven't. He's like, okay, well, you have kept those. Like, this man was serious about taking God seriously. Like, he wanted to take him seriously. And then we also see that his wealth and his money was his treasure because the t story tells us that he kept that treasure and he went away sad, right? The young man had two treasures, religion and money, but only one treasure could be the greatest. Only one treasure could stand above the rest. And though it seems at first that he's going to choose religion because he's coming to Jesus with these questions, we see by the end of the story he chooses his money and his wealth. But it struck me so it, it struck me when I was reading this passage that the passage says he walked away sad. Why? Why is he sad? He got to keep his treasure. He got to keep his his, his prized treasure, his money. So why is he sad? Why is this? I believe the reason this young man was sad was because deep down in his heart of hearts, he got to keep his greatest treasure, but he missed out on the ultimate treasure, which was Jesus. You know, I know a lot of people who would read the story and they'd say, well, why, why is this man, like, why is Jesus telling him to give up all his money? Like, that's, that's kind of stupid, right? Like, like, can't he just take the money and, like, help Jesus out? Like, why does he have to give it up to follow Jesus? And in one sense, that's a good, that's a good question. But it's only, it, this only would be true if what the young man got in return for what he gave up was a worse treasure. It would be dumb to give up all your treasure if what you got in return was worse. But the reality is the treasure that this young man would have gotten, which was Jesus, far exceeded any amount of money he could have gained in this lifetime and a hundred more. 
the treasure he missed out on was greater, and that's why he walked away sad. I want to tell you a story as I start coming to a close. Uh, my friend once told me this story, and I love this story. Um, he tells the story of a man who he, he works, you know, he's just got a normal 9-to-5 job, and he gets off work one day, and he's like, all right, I could take the bus home, which is going to take me 30 minutes, and if you know the bus system here, it takes a long time and it stinks, um, or I can just walk home, and, you know, it'll take me about an hour. And so he decides, you know what, I'm going to walk home. It's a beautiful day. Why not? So he goes, and he's on his way home, and he gets to a point where he normally cuts through a field, but there's a big fence around it now with a big sale, you know, for sale sign. They're going to do some kind of, some, uh, someone's wanting to sell this field. And he's like, well, if I walk around, it's going to take me forever, but the fence is open, so... I'll just walk through the field, right? So he walks through the field, and he's just strolling, and he ends up tripping over something, and then he trips hard, like like as hard as I hit my head, he tripped that hard, right? And uh, and he gets up, and he looks at what he tripped over, and he realizes that it was like the corner of, of like a big old box, and he'd broken it. He actually broke the corner off, and so he's like looking at it, and he's thinking like, well, I saw Indiana Jones, and he you know, did that thing where his arm gets hurt or whatever. I may be quoting the wrong movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a movie fiend, but my wife is. Um, but, yeah, he, so he decides he's going to put his arm in there, and he's going to see what's in there. And he's feeling, and it's deep, right? And, like, he, he doesn't really feel any. He doesn't feel the bottom. But he kind of he feels something on the side, and he grabs it, and he pulls it out, and it's a coin. Like, this big. It's real heavy, real dark. Like, uh, he's not sure what kind of metal it is. And he rubs it off, and it's got some language he can't understand. And so he's like, well, there's a, you know, there's a jewelry and coin store on the way home, so I'll go check and see what this is. And so he walks in, and he plops it on the counter, bing, and he says, hey, what, what is this? And the guy looks, and his eyes get real big, and he's like, where'd you find this? And the guy's like, nah, doesn't matter. What is this? And he's like, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks for this right now. And the guy's like, well, you haven't told me what it is. He's like, I'll give you 100 bucks right now. He's like, what, what is this thing? And the guy's like, I'll give you $1,000 right now for this coin. And the guy's like, what the? What is this thing? And the guy's like, well, it's, uh, it's an ancient Roman coin uh, from the 7th century B.C., shortly after Rome was founded. He's like, well, how much is it worth? And the guy's like, uh, $40,000. He's like, you're trying to rip me off, right? He takes his coin, and he goes back outside. But he's like thinking, man, that box, I wonder if there's more coins, right? So he, like, runs back, and he gets to the field. And there's, like, some contractors there, and they're like, well, yes, you know, we could, uh, we could buy this field and build a parking garage, right? And uh, we'll have to excavate, of course. And he's thinking, like, oh, no, my box. Like, I don't want them. So he's, like, standing over there, and he's whistling, like, I can't whistle, but and he's whistling, and he's trying to, like, act nonchalant, right? I actually can't whistle. It's really sad. But uh, I just make air go through my teeth. But uh, <laughs> he's standing there, and they leave. And they go on their way, and he, like, gets down on his hands and knees, and then he's on his stomach, and he's all the way down to his shoulder, and he's feeling, and he gets something, he pulls it up, and it's like the size of an apple, the color of an apple, right? It's a big old rock, and it's red, and he's, like, dusting it off, and he's like, well, I don't know, this looks fake. Surely this is fake. I'll take it. And he takes it back to the guy, and he sets it on the counter, and boom, you know, and he's like, what is this? And the guy's like, one sec, and he goes in the other room, he's like, FBI, uh, have we had a major robbery recently? No. Okay, thanks. He's like, uh, where'd you find this? He's like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. What is it? He's like, this is, this is the largest ruby I've ever seen. He's like, well, that's cool. How, how much is it worth? 
the man's like, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I've never seen anything. I, maybe $40 million, $50 million, I have no clue how much this is worth. And so the guy grabs it and he puts it in his pocket. And this time he runs home, right? And he is like, he's running faster than the cars on the highway. And he busts in and he says, honey, honey, we have to sell the house, sell the car, sell the boat, sell the TV, sell the kids. Uh, let's keep them. But sell everything. Sell everything. And she's like, why? And he's like, because we're going to buy a field. And she looks at him like he's crazy. And then he proceeds to explain to her. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And so they start selling their house and their boat and their TV and their cars. They're selling everything. And the neighbors are like, this dude's, this dude's insane. Like, what is wrong with him? And they're like, hey, bro, you, you okay? Like, you good? You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to buy a field. And they're like, what? <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Was this man crazy for selling all that he had? No, because when he bought that field and he dug up that box and he realized it went 10 feet down, was full of more treasure than he could ever imagine, he could have bought back his house, he could have bought 40 boats, he could have bought a town and seven more. What he gave up was insignificant in comparison to the treasure that he found. You know, the friend who told me this story only elaborated on a story Jesus once told. It's Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Friends, Jesus is the treasure hidden in the field. There are so many treasures this world has to offer, but all will fade. All last for a season, but will ultimately lose their luster. All other treasures catch our eyes and our hearts for a time, but none will last except Jesus. But Jesus, he's not a, he's not a treasure that you can put in your backpack or you can wear a t-shirt. He's, he's not a treasure like that. He's a person that you get to know, that you have a relationship with. These four years here at West Virginia University will be life-altering for you. I mean, not just statistically, but also experientially, the time in college you have here will determine and it will affect who you're going, going to be in the future, how you're going to treat your wife, how you're going to treat your coworker, how you're going to treat your kids. All of that is being founded right here in your time at college. The way you choose to live your life here at college will affect and have a profound impact on the rest of your life. And I believe that the thing that will most affect your future is what you make the treasure of your heart. My challenge to you as college students over these next few years here at WVU is that you would seek Jesus, who is the ultimate treasure. And don't just seek him for what he can give you. Seek him for him and for his heart. Seek to know him and to be known by him. And as you seek him and you keep him as the ultimate treasure of your heart, the Bible tells us that he will draw close to you. And you will know and be known by the king of the universe. And you will know him as your dearest friend. So in closing, I just want to pray a blessing over you guys. I want to pray a blessing over your school year. Many of you, it's your first year here. You, are, you have been here for a week and a day. That is insane. It feels forever. And many of you, this may be your last semester or your last year. And so I want to pray a blessing over you guys before we leave. 
So would you bow your heads? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray. I pray that you would speak, God. I pray that we wouldn't leave this room and forget what you have spoken to us. But I pray, Jesus, that you would bless us. God, I pray that we would have um, just a, a focal point where we can look back. People can look back to this day, Lord, and say, yes, this is where I've decided I'm going to go after the greatest treasure. Jesus, I pray a blessing over our students. I pray a blessing over the freshmen in this room. Thank you, Jesus, that you are already reaching out to them. God, they may not realize it, but they will look back one day like I did and say that chance meeting changed my life. So, God, I pray you'd bless them in their school, bless them in their friendships, bless them in their relationships. Have mercy on them, Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who's, who's already been here for a while. God, I pray that you would bless them too, Jesus. Pray for our seniors who are going to be graduating and going into the world next year, Lord, and going into the workforce. God, I pray a blessing over them. God, prepare them. Lord, use them mightily, Jesus. Would you, would you speak to our hearts, God, so that we can fight for this campus to be one to you. Lord, we love you, and we lift your name high, Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Cool. Well, guys, thank you for coming. We encourage you. There is not anything planned right after this, but go and get lunch. There were like 50 people that raised their hand and said, I'm a small group leader, right? Go and get them. If you don't have a number, if you're new here, if, we, if you got knocked, your door knocked on yesterday and you don't know anyone here, make sure you connect with someone. Go eat lunch and let's, let's do this together. Get someone's number and uh, we just want to make sure you get connected. And also, if you want to stop over here, and grab one of these things. We'll have some people there. So thank you guys. We love you, and we're glad you're here.